Welcome to the Antler Up Podcast. Black Rifle Coffee Company is a veteran-owned coffee company serving premium coffee to people who love America. Fall is upon us and there's no better way to get fueled up before hunt than with some Black Rifle Coffee. Coffee legitimately tastes better after a day in the woods or after a successful hunt. Fuel your next adventure and purchase at www.blackriflecoffee.com and use code ANTLER at checkout to save 20% off your purchase and or with your first coffee club subscription. Black Rifle Coffee. Last year was a wild year for censorship for hunters and anglers. We partnered with social media platform Go Wild to combat mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women by hunters and anglers just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're encouraged on Go Wild. And Go Wild gives you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, such as gift cards, free swag, knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. Oh, and if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit and download GoWild.com to get started. Tethered is a team of saddle hunting fanatics with a passionate addiction to whitetail hunting. Designing and engineering products to be a more efficient and confident hunter, Tethered produces the most mobile, stealthy, and safest elevated hunting gear on the planet. Built by saddle hunters for the saddle hunter. Head over to tethernation.com to see for yourself what exactly I'm talking about. America's Best Bowstrings has been manufacturing high-quality custom bowstrings in the USA since 2006. America's Best Bowstrings strives on the commitment to never end the search for perfection, and this has been the driving force behind the company. Innovative products for every archer out there. Go create a custom set today at americasbestbowstrings.com. Our friends over at Half Rack just released some awesome gear and they were great enough to give our listeners 10% off their order. All you have to do is click on the link in the podcast bio or the link on our link tree on Instagram and that will give you your percentage off at checkout. So get some of the highest quality hunting and outdoor accessories that will help you prosper in the field. Half Rack is aiming to be mindful of the past, conservation conscious and evolve into the future. Forged in combat and tailored for hunters, Spartan Forge stands at the nexus of machine learning and whitetail deer hunting to deliver truly innovative and science-based products that save the hunter time spent scouting, planning, and executing their hunts. You can now take Spartan Forge with you wherever you go by downloading the mobile app. Enjoy deer prediction analysis, weather forecasts, historical data, detailed journaling, as well as crisp maps. It's time for you to make the most of your season and let Smart and Forge do that for you. Use code ANTLERUP to save 20%. Check it out over at spartanforge.ai. 
What's up, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of the Andler Up podcast. On today's episode, Dimitri and I, we went live on the Bullhorn app, and we chatted about where we are currently and really what we have left to do for this upcoming season. We talked about our gear, shooting, trail cameras, a bunch of other topics. We also had Bill Harvey of the Pert Near Outdoors podcast call in and chat about what's going on for him right now and just a bunch of other topics. We really had a blast with this style of podcast. And if you liked it, let us know because we really did enjoy this one and would like to do more of this in the future, at least once or twice a month. Let's see how things go. But man, enjoy this episode. Thanks again for tuning in. Definitely start checking out Bullhorn, especially when we go live with guests because you could call in, talk to them specifically, ask questions in the chat message. Uh, all kinds of things. So really cool things going on. Also, thanks again for all the support. We really appreciate it. Check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Uh, there's really no guest on tonight's episode. It's just Dimitri and I and then anybody that wants to hop on and talk shop, talk about what's going on for this upcoming season. Right now, it's uh, we're actually going to air this tomorrow. So this is going to basically go right in talk about where we're at right now so it's august 2nd man yeah it's crazy it's flying by Jeez, it's crazy i just you know i've attended colorado attack montana attack and uh tether another tether event in um teach and train tour event in iowa and so we're excited to get things rolling i feel like i mean i've been shooting my bow but i haven't been shooting my bow like for real world scenarios real hunting situations and i'm excited to get rolling with that now yeah, so I, I kind of been starting to ramp things up a little bit. I think I was slowly, continuously shooting my bow over summer, so I never really had too many dead periods where maybe I didn't get it out. Mm-hmm. I only sh- got to shoot tack and one other 3D course, which I always like to do more, but um, just wasn't able to get to to any more at the, the moment. But, um, yeah, I mean, I just feel pretty good right now um, with my setup and how I'm shooting. Uh you know, I tested a broadhead the other day, and it was shooting pretty good. So, you know, I, it gets to August, and I get ramped up for the season. And I get really excited, but then I'm also kind of nervous that I'm not prepared as, or in, yeah. where I should be at this point. I don't think we ever feel like we're 100% <laughs> prepared. And, I, I mean, if you are, fantastic, like, great for you. But for, for me, I like, even now, like, I had I always felt like my set was pretty dialed. As far as like my saddle setup, I truly think that is, don't get me wrong. Uh, I am changing things up right now. I always felt like, especially early until it got to maybe middle of October, because obviously us here in Pennsylvania, statewide, we don't start till October 2nd, 3rd-ish, depending on the year. I think it's this year's the 2nd to carry in, say like a, an extra piece of outerwear, like a jacket. I'm going very minimal this year i've listened to a couple podcasts and like with cam Durr over at the whitetail over at exodus with the whitetail gear podcast or did deer gear podcast uh he uh he talked about being very minimalist and if you have a big pack you're going to fill it and if you have a small pack you're only going to fill it with what you need so this year i'm going to try that i'm going to go with like the predator pack with the platform and maybe like an exterior pouch on that outside to throw in some other little things and go with that. Like I'm going to put a sling on my uh, sticks, carry those in like all across like my shoulder 
and then carry my bow in, and there we go. Yeah, that's what I felt like I did last year. I just had that small XOP pack and, you know, just kind of hooked my saddle platform to the, the back side of it. And then I kind of uh, just rigged up through my sticks uh, over top of my the bottom of my straps. And they mm-hmm. were kind of just in the small of my back. And, you know, uh, it was very comfortable to walk. Yeah. And uh, I just had what was in the backpack that I needed, you know, not not much, right, when right. you get up there. Um, and I felt very comfortable with my setup last year and, you know, I didn't feel like I was hauling in a lot of weight and, you know, those walk in and out was pretty, pretty easy compared to what I've had in the years past with the, the climber and, you know, other gear that I've used. Yeah. Well, that's what I want to try to maybe do a little bit of a DIY situation where I want to take like a Kydex piece, like sheet and put it inside the predator pack like cut it into that shape and somehow either like stitch it in like with another piece of sheet just to keep it in place or figure out somehow i could keep it a stay like i know when the platform's in it's a stay like that's nice and easy but like i'm thinking more so when i get up in the tree and i'm hanging it and if i have stuff on that outside of the in a uh, outside exterior pocket basically pouch Mm -hmm. i don't want it to like just be very saggy i want to have some rigidity to it so i'm thinking if i use like a kydex sheet that might help it so i'm going to try that and like you were saying about putting your sticks on the bottom i've tested that out the other day with the predator pack it has that Mm -hmm. capability and it worked fine yeah and i think that's the hardest part about sticks is Mm -hmm. is where do they go yeah what's your comfort level um you know some of the lone wolf ones they kind of combine you know to the stand if if that's the route you go um but with saddle hunting you know in in different backpacks uh you know you're always trying to find that most comfortable place to put them and where they're not going to fall out or sag or make noise uh and i think that's the bigger bigger challenge because the bigger backpacks have more of those straps that are more beneficial for the sticks Um, maybe the smaller packs that you're talking about using uh, makes it a little bit more difficult of figuring yeah. out where do they go, especially if you have that platform and you need a couple, right. you know, you may only have two straps to attach that to. Yeah. That's, and that's, what's nice too. I know, uh, you know, tethered sells the compression kit. So you're able to kind of piece things together and that's where I could get away with say it's October. I don't know. Even the second weekend. What is that? Like the ninth, ninth maybe or along those lines. Um, you could, put that compression kit on that outside. So if I needed to put like an outerwear jacket, there you go and zip, you know, tie that down. So that's kind of the last piece as of my gear setup goes that I know I need to tinker with a little bit and kind of go from there. Cause I've, I've really liked the Skeletors um, guarding any other gear, man. I think I'm pretty, pretty set. Yeah, just uh, the only thing I'm changing up is I got some new boots. They yeah, actually how, came did, in the mail today. I was, was going to ask you about that. Did they fit? Yeah, they fit good. Sweet. So, uh, you know, I had several different people tell me about the Krispies that they run a little bit big. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm always skeptical because I'm a pretty solid 13, you know, and I've tried other shoes where I've went down in size and I was like, why you did I a 13. do that? Yeah, you, you need know? a 13. Um, so I was in a tough spot just because it was so hard to, the Laponia 2s, I mean, it's so hard to find. As soon as they go in stock somewhere, sold out. they're sold out within a day or two. So you have to be pretty quick on the trigger to to get your hands on them. So um, I, you know, I I followed my gut and people told me and it, it was kind of consistent, just a half size smaller. Right. Um, so I went with it uh, and they fit great. You know, I'm pretty excited about them. Um, 
like I talk about all the time is every, you know, people say what's the best boot or, you know, which one is going to be best, but it's hard to say because everyone's foot's a little bit different. I've talked about this before is, you know, how your ankle and foot situation uh, is, is going to determine what boots best for you. You know, maybe you like a certain brand, but they have a several lineup of boots that are going to be better for you. If you need the stiffer, stiffer boot or more of a flex boot, um, just depends on your situation and, and what works best for you. Right. Um, so I like the more flex in a boot cause I have stiff ankles. Um, and I don't want to be weighted down by those stiffer boots that are a little bit heavier. Um, I just don't like that. They, they kind of hurt my heel when I walk, uh, longer distances. So, um, the Laponia twos are only like a pound, 1.2 pounds per boot, extremely light, mm-hmm. which I really like. Um, so I'm excited to give them a try this year. How does like your, like a, how you were saying you have stiff ankles and all that stuff. What have you found this past year in the saddle? Just because this past weekend in Montana, I had a couple people ask about boot configuration, just because if someone went and did a, the shoot and they come back down after changing or getting something to, to eat, they're, changed their outfit basically you know and they're in say crocs or in sandals or just sneakers and they hop on our platform and you know they're asking like what what kind of boots are best for this and you know we've found uh, like my personal you know experience and a couple of the other guys that were there helping in our booth said you know the stiffer kind of like the the better in a sense mm-hmm. uh depending on like how you were saying like your ankle makeup like being that you already have that did you have any because you you've always worn like a nice lighter flex boot how yep. was last year like any anything you notice no 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 issue just because your your ankle is going to be same mobile on the stand yeah uh, on that platform as you are on the ground so right. it's going to be pretty similar and i i don't think you have a lot of movement uh, while you're on the platform anyway from your ankles. Yeah. Um, so I don't think the style of uh, of boots can really going to change the mechanics. You know, obviously right. you want the bottom to be, the grip to be well, just because if you're kind of making those shots around the tree and you're kind of on the edge of that platform, um, you want to make sure there's enough grip there where the, your boots aren't going to slip. Right. So I think that like the bottom material of the boots going to be a little bit more important. Um, and then even going along with, with uh, talking about feet, I think that's one thing, especially we, we prepare like a lot of people want to do, you know, get their, their quad stronger and their glutes stronger and, you know, get ready for backpacking. But we, a lot of people lose insight on their feet, right? You know, and everyone wants to go to that easy fit. That's a wrap for another episode of the Antler Up podcast. Again, thank you everybody for tuning in. Check us out over at antlerupoutdoors.com. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our Go Wild pages. Thank you again, everybody, for all the continued support. See you next week, Antler Up. Right, right you know, and I think especially for a lot of Western guys that do a lot of spot and stock and even take their shoes off. I think, you know, the feet are something people don't um, exercise and and try to strengthen the most. You know, they think if they have flat feet, then they should just throw insoles in and it's going to take care of it. Well, it is going to be short term, but that um, is not what we want to do. We want to strengthen and and make sure um, we hit those muscle groups just as much as we do some of the others in the lower extremity and upper extremity. Well, I remember when we had Bert Soren on the podcast that time and we talked about that cause he was doing a lot of spot and stock on some of these Western trips that he was doing. And we brought up like, Hey, you should be doing just some barefoot exercising mm-hmm. and getting used to that and building those muscles. Just that, I, that remind, remind yeah, me they, of that. They even make a, uh, we have it in our clinic is a rock mat 
So it's basically mm. just a flat mat that mat that has um, simulates like you know harder rocks, and mm-hmm. you know we use it for different things. But you know that would be a great tool for a Western wow. hunter to kind of get down into his socks, and you could take your bow and kind of be in a more of a crouch position where you're still going to strengthen your quads and your glutes. Um, and then you can kind of just, you know, go different directions over top of that, which is also going to help strengthen your feet because, you know, when you're stalking, you don't know what you're going to come across, right? right. You know, you, you got to make uh, moves where you're not going to make a lot of noise. So it might be, you know, uh, being on your toes or your, your heel in a different position that you might not be comfortable with because you, you don't want that rock to roll over or a twig to snap. Right. right. You know, so you're going to be in uncomfortable situations. So you should train for that before you go out there. Yeah. No, that's really good. Good point. There's Billy. What's Billy up to? What's up boys? Just listen right now, but could jump on in a few. Sounds good, Billy. Uh, anytime, man, you just hit that call in button, bud. Um, no, that's that's good stuff. And let me ask you this, Dimitri, just because this was kind of brought up with a couple people and just good topics. Uh, you know, we've I know where you and I stand on certain things about like how much weight do you need to be pulling back and all that stuff. Like I know you and I, we do mainly whitetail hunting, right? Mm-hmm. And there's all situations like look at that's where I think PSE's new omen, that bow is I mean I shot it just at, at, at attack event, didn't have a chance to shoot it. But like with Jim's set up now, Jim's shooting his 70 pound omen just as accurate faster with the same arrow set up than his 80 pound EVL two. Now, like take cams and all that stuff out of the way. It's it's yes, it's a whole new bow. It's a whole new system. But now he's able to draw 70 pounds. So when it's say, I don't know, 20 degrees and it's super cold and it's tough to draw back that bow because we were saying like all these individuals this past weekend that like like to shoot 80 pounds maybe that are in that whitetail and there's man i know there's guys that do it and with no issues i i know that but i know i would struggle with that i i know i would because there's even times when it's just like that shock of the moment you know i don't want to just rear back and be like think mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what i yep. mean um even with the 70 pound that's why i was always shooting 65 pounds just because of i know i could in that situation draw back comfortably and easily is there any type of simulation that someone could try to do when it like or has that become to like because i'm even thinking like for our exercise kines mm-hmm. background like what can someone do to prepare for that situation other than when it is cold out like to continuously shoot maybe shoot with your clothing on even if it's a close distance like what do you think there's anything someone could do well you know the biggest thing is just to try to simulate the actual shot process right yeah. you know and you know, you also want to try to strengthen a lot of your uh scapular stabilization muscles you know around that shoulder and the scapula to to make sure you're strong enough which is very important especially in archery mm-hmm. um but to try to simulate that draw process is going to be the one way to really make sure you're strong enough to do that and you know, I, I see people, what we call overdraw their bow, where they kind of have that high arc where they kind of put the bow over their head and then draw, pull it down as they draw. Um, it kind of drives me nuts when I see that on videos. I'm, yeah. I'm just thinking, you know, you either got to get stronger or you got to kind of lower that poundage just because, you know, especially in the whitetail woods with your 40 yards and in, you're never going to get away with that. Right. That large poundage um, and that overdraw the bow with that much movement. Um, so every time I try to shoot, I always simulate 
uh, as I was in the tree stand and the least minimal movement from, from my draw of drawing that bow into my anchor, right? You yeah. know, because I want to do it quickly um, and I don't want to alert the animal, right? You know, with with uh, a lot of movement. So I, every time I'm shooting, I'm always simulating that. Um, yeah. As far as exercise, uh, exercise, I like to, you know, what I'll do is, is either take a kettlebell or dumbbell. And I, I think the best way to simulate this is, you know, to take that uh, dumbbell and put it in your bow arm, which you're going to grip the bow. And I like to kind of put it out in front of me like I was... Um, holding my bow and then I'll take either you can do it on a cable column or you can use an exercise band um, and then you can kind of anchor it to something close to your hand and then kind of draw that bow back so you're kind of getting the draw uh, part with your um, release hand and then Mm -hmm. your grip hand you're kind of getting that uh, front shoulder stabilizing for you have the strength to kind of hold steady with the bow. Um, so a lot of that exercise I, th- I think is great. Yeah. Um, just to kind of hold that steady and to, um, kind of simulate that, that drawing of the bow. So, yeah. you know, I, obviously with a cable column, you are able to maybe be able to get it to 70 pounds where you're constantly drawing that back, um, holding the bow. So you might do 10 reps or 15 reps right. just to kind of, um, gain that strength to be able to draw. So I think, you know, trying to simulate that and, and think about how you're going to hunt is the best way to practice when you're shooting as well. Yeah. What's even neat with those, like how you're saying, if you have a cable machine that you're able to pull back 70, that's mm-hmm. a full 70. You know what I mean? Like with some of these bows, like you hit that peak and then you're only holding 11 pounds or whatever. You're not holding that full 70 in a sense. So, yeah. And I, and there is, you know, there's, what is that? The, um, is it the Acubo or whatever? Yeah. I forget what the yeah. There's a couple of them maybe yeah. out there. And I think some of them you can adjust the actual poundage to them for practice. Um, you know, but a lot of people aren't going to be able to afford that, you know. Right. So um, even if you don't have dumbbells or kettlebells, you could just take, you know, your bow in your front hand, right? And then just take like a um, TheraBand or some sort of tubing um, and then, you know, hook it to some, not your bow, but, you know, a post or a pole or something and do the drawing motion with that while holding your bow because you're holding the weight that you're going to have to hold while you're shooting anyway. Yeah. What about uh, that broadhead? How did it shoot? Uh, It shot really good. So it was the the wreck, um, the FX4. Um, I've always been intrigued going to uh, a fixed blade. haven't found one that really shot well for my setup Mm -hmm. um and so i wanted to test it out over the weekend with uh some fill point tips and you know shot really well i was surprised um how much the aeroflight it was not much different than my fill points you know i'm not a good enough shooter to be saying right you know that's the broadhead so it's probably a lot of human air but uh i'm really impressed and i'm thinking about giving the fixed blade a try this year what would you say is your your range? Like, what's your max? For distance? Yeah. Um, like, if you're up in the saddle, you got a, you got a clearing at? I'd probably say 45. Okay. 45 and in, I'm, I'm, you know, I would say I'm pretty darn comfortable. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, I don't think I would push it past 45. Yeah. But I'd want to keep it in, with, in within 40. But Yeah. That's good. I would say for me, I'm about... I I probably would go 35. Now, maybe by the end of the summer, if 
if I practice a lot more saddle setups and practice scenarios, I might hopefully, I hopefully I am in that 40 range, but even you and I, when there's not a lot of 40, 45 yard shot <laughs> yeah. opportunities, that's just, I agree with you. I feel comfortable at that, but in the, in the situation, I, there might be a limb that we, I don't see and mm-hmm. it's hitting at or something along those lines. Yeah. And I also started, uh, just probably the last week or so, um, we've talked about this before since I have a single pin uh, right now is the oh, time yeah. to transition. You know, I was kind of going with just the yardage just because of tack and, you know, um, some of the 3d co- shoots just for fun and, you know, yep. competition, uh, between your buddies and stuff like that. Uh, but now I'm really starting to dive into that. You know, I, I kind of set my, uh, pin at 25, which is kind of that comfort where, you know, if a deer comes in, uh, closer than that or just a little bit further than that i don't have to adjust that sight right. and i kind of know what my arrow is going to do um definitely have a different uh bow setup this year so it is a little bit different this year so it's important that i did that um and get comfortable doing that and not having to adjust that pin so you yeah. know like i said um comfortable keeping it at 25 to maybe 30 32 i could adjust um just my aiming yeah versus having to change that dial we went what april to gyms uh i think so yeah so since april how's that drive working out i i mean i really like it i it's probably one of the most comfortable bows that i've shot um i think it fits me really well i think that 33 Axle to axle is kind of my sweet spot for me. Yeah. Um, and it's just really comfortable to draw. Like I said, I've it's probably one of the easiest drawing bows that I've I've shot, and it's at 70 pounds. Um, I've shot a lot. Basically, I've been at 70 pounds uh, for a long time now, but um, it's probably the easiest and most comfortable of just slowly drawing that back and anchoring. It's quiet. So it's quiet, and, I mean, you're getting really decent speeds. Yeah. So... I'm excited to give yeah. it a go. I, I'll tell you what, you've. I just love watching you these past couple four years, just shooting and just seeing your progress as a archer, let alone hunter, but just like an archer side of things. I, I love the just the pr- progress that you've made, um, and seeing seeing you do that. But all right, we. Uh, I don't think there's really anything else like gear wise that we are really changing. I'm gonna dabble back into the self-filming type stuff but again not let it i'm going to kind of go back to like year one like if i get it on film fantastic i'm not going to let it ruin my hunt like last year i was destined to get everything on film and when it ruined my hunt because i was like fixated on it that's when i was like done with it i threw that gopro only up on into the hitch strap and let that run but i am going to dabble into it just because People have been asking here and there, like, when are you guys going to post a little bit more? So I think this year I would like to just for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so I think that's going to be another little tidbit for, for what I want to dabble into this year. And I think uh, trail cameras still have some to put out. I know people will say, man, you're still so late. Well, it's, you know, I think if we can get in by the end of August, I think that's when I, that's, I'm, I, by like August 20th, that's when I want to be done by. Yeah. And I, I think for us that we're learning, I know we, 
we're not using this as an excuse, but I think just history has told us over the last several years that what we get in the summer is not right. transitioning to the yeah. fall. Um, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't have cameras out there and let them soak year round and then kind of gain that in inventory. Um, but, but we I, haven't had a chance to really do that till yep. this past year. Yep. So it's not like we could go back and like, I'm going to go back now and look at what October, November was and look at wind situations, but that's only year one. Mm-hmm. All these other years we pulled them. Yep. Yep. And, and once they go hard horn, they, they change so much on the mountain because uh, food sources are changing and they kind of um, go into a new home range. So, uh, I don't think it's as important for us to have them out right now, but I think here in the next couple of weeks, it's going to be important to start to kind of um, get on some bucks and see what's in the area and, and make sure um, what the sign is telling us a little bit closer to the season. Yeah. So I was just because of flying and stuff, I go through photos and look at old trail cam photos and stuff. And I was starting to make a kind of little document of things August 19th of 2021 was when I got like last year, the first buck first group of bucks showing up on my camera back at home, normally where I hunt. And since we've last talked and we've talked, I've been, I still am getting does hitting the mock scrapes and all that type of stuff and a buck here and there, but no, no big boys have come back. Wait, I'm not worried about that just because of history. (laughs) Right. The buck that is on this photo, I'm going to show you right now, Dimitri, is the buck that my dad shot. So that first one, that little seven point, mm-hmm. I mean, I say little, but you, you know how he, he was a nice buck. That's the deer my dad shot. So I think, like, because of the pressure, because of everything, like, that's why I've said in previous podcasts, I do take into account that late summertime, quote-unquote, buck movement up there because i feel like they check it out and see what does are around mm-hmm. and then like know they'll be coming back during that rut time that end of october because even that buck that's behind him i've sent a couple more photos to my dad and he's like i have multiple pictures of him on camera yeah so it's just anxious i'm anxious to see what this year now brings coming at the end of the month for for up there and also for us up here where we, you and I still need to go put some cameras. Yeah. And I, I, I my cameras have been pretty dry. I think the yeah. last month or so, uh, I've been putting them on mock scrapes. Um, and I've talked to other people that have mock scrapes too, and, and they've kind of haven't been getting many mature bucks on their, on their cameras too. So I'm the deer expert. So I don't know, you know, if it's just time of year and in some of these areas I, I know of some other people have trail cameras more in like the food sources yeah. uh, and they're getting mature bucks on them. So, you know, I know that they're in the area. Yeah. I'm just trying to kind of pinpoint of, you know, where those bucks are going to be come the fall. I'll tell you what, those are the spots though, where I'll take no pictures now and, but come October, whatever, if it's daylighting in, you know, you get a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and he's coming in right at last light or something along those lines where, you know, you could sneak in there after work or something. Yeah. That's where that Intel is going to be gold. Yeah. And I think just hunting what the signs telling you too, right. And not relying on cameras, cameras, which I've done in the past and I've kind of, you know, 
like the hunting public does a lot of it and you know some other people and it kind of was beneficial for me last year is you know keep going really know where that sign is and you know don't pass sign up to try to find more sign and just kind of see what's hot just because it's going to tell you where the deers are yeah that leads me into my my ultimate goal for this year i mean obviously my ultimate goal is to, to put deer down I'm excited because my first doe tag for this year in Pennsylvania is back at home. Mm. So I'm, uh, my second one I just got today is for us for here. So I do have a doe tag in both units. So I'm, cause last year four C closed like during that first round. Oh. Mm-hmm. So like the second round, I, I couldn't even get in on it. So I was like, Nora got one for four C. I got one for four C. So now she wants to get a crossbow now, Dimitri. So I might be asking your dad uh, for for some help with that one uh, when that comes to to push the shove. But anyway, so I do have that, and then obviously, like I just said, I have the four D one now as well. So I'm excited that I could shoot a deer basically wherever I hunt. Yep. And my goal is ultimately to put deer down. Uh, yes, there's a nice buck from last year that we think is still in the area and there's multiple bucks that were on camera last year that were shooters. So if they survive and they're in the area, they're going to be shooters in a sense. But ultimately my goal for this year, other than putting deer down is going to be mentally be fine with if I get out on a Thursday after work and you and I are like, hey, what are we doing Saturday, right? Or coming up with a game plan. Maybe Thursday or Wednesday, we go into that area with our bow in hand. We're looking for that freshest sign. And if it comes to dark and we have yet to find that fresh sign because we didn't find it yet, we did not quote unquote hunt, mm-hmm. I'm going to be fine with that. Like I'm going to chalk that into like that's a win because now Saturday – we're not going to go in that spot and blow a friggin' whole day sit and lose a quote unquote day of hunting. Yeah. And I think that's what we do a lot, right? You know, yes. try to come up a game plan. I, I, we use the, obviously we use the wind and make sure yeah. what spot we want to go into. That's going to be most beneficial for the wind. But I think we kind of lack of making sure we know that that's where maybe a mature buck is or traveling and the signs telling us that we should be in there at that time of the year. Uh, and I think that's what we kind of miss. I think we do good during the rut because we know historically where, you know, we've had intel and encounters and we know spots that are going to funnel those deer and where those mature bucks are going to check for does. And um, I think we do good at the end of the season. Yeah. That last, you know, three, end of October, three weeks. Yeah. Uh, but I think that early on the first, you know, four weeks of the season, we got to do better. Yeah. That's and, and yeah, and that's I mean shit, it's even finding does. Mm-hmm. Like we were for a couple of years there. We we did, and then things have changed, whether it be food sources, whether it be pressure, whatnot. Cause I just know like even it would be in the teens where you and I were like, shoot, like we're just not seeing anything. You know, and mm-hmm. you would whack a doe then or whatever like that. But um yeah, it's just I, I just wanna I'm gonna be okay with that is what my main goal is. Like, Jeremy, if you get in there, it's October sixth you know a couple days into the season or whatever a couple weeks later and it's after work and you and i go in and push in somewhere and if it's we find sign and it's only 10 minutes of shooting light heck let's just stay on the ground 
see scout it out a little bit more, see where we could potentially get into, maybe throw up a camera for a day or two, and then come Saturday, if that's where we're going to hunt, like I'm going to be okay with that and chalking that up and not coming home and, you know, she's like, hey, how did it go tonight? And, you know, I'm going to be totally fine with, hey, we found our spot mm-hmm. or a spot rather yep. than like I didn't see shit, you know what I mean, and didn't find anything and just – like that's my goal is like to find it, get on it and go. And I think that's even beneficial when you, you have a couple guys to be able to do that. Cause you could even during the weekday, if you only have an hour after work or two hours, you can kind of split up. Right. Right. And go into two different spots where, you know, if you're in the same spot, you both go in there and you walk around all, all evening and you're like, well, this, this wasn't worth it. Right. But mm-hmm. then you're kind of still stuck for what are you going to do on Saturday? But if you right. kind of can kind of two or you three go spots, here, I'll go here. Yeah and say, hey, I found this good sign. we got to be in here on Saturday. Then you kind of nix one, and then, hey, yeah, let's go into this for this. Right. Well, if you haven't noticed, uh, Dimitri and I, we're big week t- weekend warriors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, no. that's I mean, that's that's where I'm at. Like I said, I got a crap ton. I just went full bore, uh, total just moron mode the past couple weeks because Stealth Cam ran a uh, deal with those new wild view cell cameras for $69.99. And with my birthday being in like in June, excuse me, and uh, anniversary was this past, you know, whatever. And it's like, honey, what do you want for your 10 year anniversary? It's like, well, I'll get you this. But in return, I want like two cell cams, <laughs> you know, like that type of ordeal. So I just went full moron and I want to do a podcast in the next couple of weeks with just all of us after like we get some set up, but I'm trying out. I know I said I would never buy another Moultrie pot product again, but they suckered me in again. Damn it. For the new one with the, the cardless. Edge. Yeah, it's cardless. Um, but this is why this is for the podcast and for like me personally, I want to see so far. I, I do have a wild view. Uh, I don't even know the name of it, but it's those stealth cam wide wild view. It's their uh, cheaper brand, I guess you their economical brand. You you could say it's so far been awesome, friggin' phenomenal, and clear pictures. It's been working great. So we have that one. I have a wild game innovations, which I never tried before. Not even like cheaper, like pull the card ones. Never tried them. So I have that cell one. I have the Moultrie Edge to try. And that's it. And then so like we have the Tacticams, we have the Exodus. So I want to do a podcast like cell cam review. Yeah. Of our findings. Well, that's what I even, <laughs> I've been still picking up the Tascos from Walmart. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't beat those and, either. Uh, I think they were 27 bucks for the 8 megapixel, which, I mean, just good enough to mm-hmm. see what's around, mm-hmm. which what deer gain some in- inventory. Uh, they actually, I think it's harder to find the eight megapixel. I found one at Walmart. It was 23 bucks, which I mean, you can't beat. Uh, so I picked another one up, but then, uh, the new one that they have is 12 megapixels, which is even better. Yeah. Isn't it only still 28 bucks? 28 bucks. Yeah. You can't beat that. So if you're just looking for, um, high volume of cameras, that's going to be functional and work and just get you the pictures that you need to know that the deer's in the area. I mean, you can't beat that. Yeah, last thing on on the cell cameras things before I get Bill Harvey here on the line. Uh, a lot of these cameras now, they're doing like a free month unlimited, like 
to try it. And then obviously you could go off of their plan. The one thing I do like about stealth cams that they're it's five bucks for all that we would need. Like once that is over, gotcha. tactic cams a little bit more. Uh, Spy points are free for a hundred. Yeah, for a hundred pictures, and which is great if you're not running mineral or anything. Mm-hmm. Like you're, you know, for shit, you're, you're not getting that unless you're in like, yeah, uh, you know, whatever. But yeah, so I'm gonna kind of take advantage of those situations and run that, and I think that'll be a cool little podcast because then I think too we can make a video on that as well. Mm-hmm. All right, Bill, bringing you on here. What's going on, Bill? You there? Hold on, and Billy, you there? Jared. What's going on? Can you hear me okay? I got my Bluetooth headset on. Yeah, how was uh, Fiendenham Fest this past weekend, man? It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. Our boy Jim won a spotting scope. I heard up about that. That's awesome, man. I uh, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll have to get yeah, some beer. Yeah. Well, what an idiot. Um, I guess it wouldn't have been any easier to send it home with him to send to you guys, but yeah, we can connect offline and we can coordinate that for sure. Awesome, man. So how's your preseason getting ready for the season going? What What is that? Look, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> you're that busy. I have done nothing well, to get ready for deer season other than look at my trail cam pictures that come through all day long. You hate That's the extent of my preparation. You hate the summer preparation anyway. The summer portion? Yeah. Uh, I don't mind it. It's just, I don't know. This summer has just been on another level. I don't know if it's because the kids are getting older. You know, Billy's been involved in some sports stuff. Work has been extremely busy. I just feel like there's been no time. I got a new string on my bow, so that's that's exciting. But I haven't even put an arrow through it yet. So I just remember hearing you before say you hate getting in there and... Uh hot thick bugs and hotness and oh all that. no doubt yeah like i there's no part of me that wants to go like jim was talking he came up this weekend you know and he was talking about doing some scouting at, down the way up and i'm like dude you don't want to go walk in the woods where there's freaking ticks and black black flies and deer flies everywhere like it's just the worst yeah it's like the deer are gonna live there i i'm, I'm to the, i've enjoyed this discussion here because i'm i'm to the point in some of the area, no, by no means am I a big buck killer, but I figured out how to kill deer consistently. And I just, that's my priority right now is filling the freezer. So I'm just not killing myself stressing about, this is probably the first summer that I haven't put any cameras up in a few years, you know, on state land, on some areas where I've been wanting to focus and try to target some bucks. Like I don't have an ounce of me that wants to go up in the woods and put that effort in right now. And I don't know why, but like it hasn't paid off for me. Like I put tons and tons and tons of time in. And then, you know, to the point you guys are making, these bucks are not in the same places where they, you know, you're getting all these summer pictures and you're all fired up and sharing with your buddies. And then it comes down to October, you know, September 15th and their velvet comes off and you never see them again. And it's like, well, you know, that was a waste of $25 of freaking cell cam subscriptions and everything else to get fired up for nothing. Right. Now, 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 how do you plan on tackling the the fall with you not doing that uh, preseason inventory? Are you just gonna get closer to the season and then maybe uh, put some cameras out in areas that that you think the deer are gonna transition to, or are you just kind of going off past intel? 
for me, it's I think it's going to be passed into Intel primarily. Um, just. I guess that's the benefit of putting the work in that I have over the last few years that I don't feel the pressure that I have to go find it. So that's like a nice situation that I'm in because I feel like I've already, I've already kind of gotten some of those spots where I feel like I can go back to. And like last summer, um, I haven't been up in the areas by our, our camp over in Naples. I haven't been over there um, to actually like go and check the trees and see if we actually have acorns or not. Right. But the last, the last, last year especially, but the last two years have been really bad with the gypsy moths up here. So we have had almost no acorns to hunt. And when we came down to PA last year, there was almost no acorns. We, we didn't find any acorn crop. So I, like to me, those were the areas that I focused on. And last year was a little bit more of a grind because we didn't have that mass crop really in hardly any of the areas that we hunt in the big woods. But we still were able to you know find deer and find success. It just was a little bit harder to find it. it was, probably one of the hardest seasons that I've had in the last five years this past season. But at the end of the day, you know, you still got your opportunities and you just had to capitalize on them. And that to me is, you know, you don't know when it's going to happen. And for me, it's like the time is so, I've gotten to the point, like I, I, I just don't get myself stressed out about where am I going to, where am I going to go? How's it going to be? I gotta get all these hunts in because at the end of the day, you're still gonna get your four or five chances and you just gotta make them count. Are you doing anything? Cause I know last year you went out to Colorado. Are you doing anything prior to New York at all? Um, not this year, not, not traveling out of state like last year. So we, uh, I don't know if any of our guys are, are actually going out, out to Colorado this year, just kind of an off year for us. But I guess while my dad is going, my dad's going on his first elk hunt ever. He's going with my uncle Tim. They're going to uh, back with an outfitter in Colorado for archery. So Sweet. that should be fun. But myself personally, uh, we actually in New York, we, this will be the second year they've got an early doe season. Yep. Uh, it's a one week long rifle season, like the 10th to the, it's like the week of the 10th, maybe the 10th to the 17th. And uh, somewhere right in that window. Of September? So that'll be like, yeah, of September. Wow. So that's going to be cool. So I'm excited. Our doe permits came out yesterday, uh, the first. So I applied for a couple uh, areas where we've got access to property and have that uh, early September season. So yeah, we can be hunting deer in September uh, for one week with a rifle. So that's, that's a doe hunt and go out there and try to put something in the freezer. I didn't get to hunt that last year because I was in Colorado elk hunting. But uh, then after that, we'll be going on our family bear hunt, the annual bear hunt up to the Adirondacks, uh, which I was not able to go on last year either because of the elk hunt. So, I'm pretty excited about that. That's a that's a really fun, really fun adventure up to the mountains in the Adirondacks. And then, uh, what is that? That first weekend in December, you'll be back down to PA. Oh yeah, nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we we've got a big group this year. I was just on the phone with Dallas tonight talking. Um, one of my buddies, anybody that doesn't listen to our show, uh, Dallas is one of the regulars, and he. He and I kind of coordinate this whole uh, Pennsylvania trip, and it's looking like we're over 20 guys now uh, when you actually start counting the heads. So we're actually, we were talking tonight about adding a third house, um, renting a third Airbnb house, uh, 
so that we can house everybody because we don't want to tell anyone no if people want right. to come with us and want to experience it we don't want to tell them no but right. it gets to a point where the houses are getting so full it's like how are you gonna take a shit you know <laughs> well you better get it because Demetri and i want to come up this yeah. year well so, man it was so awkward i was like trying to ask you but didn't know how to ask yeah but i i would love it if you guys and we kind of that's our our challenge right now because i know like i know three, jim because Jim's, I know for sure Jim's coming. Like he talks to me about it every time Jim and well Jim and I talk every day. But like, literally, that's the that gets brought up at least a couple times per week. So he's he's like, that's like my second, my first favorite hunt to do all the time. Is just I just look forward to that. And he's buying like gear specifically just for that friggin' hunt. Like we got some gators. He's like, I was the only idiot that didn't have gators, and everybody else did, and all, all that stuff. So. Uh, yeah, man. I obviously with him obviously coming down. I mean, Dimitri and I. Dimitri has experience up there. I don't know. Do you have experience hunting whitetail? You just Not up that area. you just know that area. Did your Did your dad end up buying that camp, Dimitri? Uh, he he actually did not, but he actually um, something fell through. But uh, he does have a camper up in that area as well. I mean, I don't know where you guys hunt specifically, um, but in that general area, he does have a camper and. Um, so I know the area a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. We we're up in two G is the area is the tip is the unit we hunt. Come yeah. On. That's come where on. his, yeah, Jeez, come on. that's where his camper is. So <laughs> <laughs> that's what we say. Meet us in two G. If you yep. can find where we are, then you should be allowed to hunt with us. That's yeah. how we, that's yeah. how we handle that. I'll, I'll meet you at the Wharton hotel. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's not even close to me. <laughs> No, that's we're not st- allowed to. We're not allowed to leave the the uh, the state forest that we're in. We're just not allowed to leave it, or else we get into trouble. Yeah. So I like it. We uh, no, you guys, you guys are more than welcome to join, and uh, I think that's kind of our thing. Is every year we're just looking to kind of add a couple more people and and get a couple more guys acclimated to the group and the process. And I mean, we I think we're we're at the point now where we'll realistically have like two groups of ten or two groups of twelve hunters and our hunts will probably somewhat you know work t- towards the same finish line but yeah. we'll you know we'll have two different groups you know doing their own thing each day which is which is wild but i mean it just doesn't get any better when you're you're up in those mountains with with all your buddies and working together as a team to try to get a buck on the ground it's just it's unbelievable. It's the best. Dude, you shot a friggin' slob last year. And, and that, I mean, I know you told that story already on the podcast, but so if you haven't listened to it, people go back and, uh, I don't know the episode offhand, but just look for Bill Harvey. And I think we titled it like using the weather conditions in your favor, something along those lines, uh, with that. But Bill, what else, um, you know, what else? He wasn't, is- I'm gonna, uh, he wasn't a monster. You're overselling. Dude, was, I used the wide angle lens. I got that <laughs> nice, those nice tall times. We, we actually, we actually put a tape measure to him uh, a couple weekends ago when we did our. Was he our over a hundred? Yeah, he was 105 inches. Well, oh, shit. Geez, that's it's, a big spot. Yeah, that's going to be a freaking hammer for either one of us. Yeah, no, he was a great buck. His, I don't. He's probably just a little smaller than my biggest one, but um, but he. I mean, it was probably one of the most gratifying bucks I've ever shot just because of the whole hunt and how much work it took to get to him and how to make his shot. But um, we, we did, we did a bunch of scoring this past weekend at, uh, at our beer event. Yep. And it was wild. Like we had a guy bring, uh, 
we had a guy bring in a, a elk, a, a rack from his, the elk he shot at the Euro Mount, and it was a 358-inch bull that he shot in Utah. That was so impressive to see and actually like put your hands on it. And uh, we actually scored my uncle's buck that he shot, I think, three years ago, and he measured out at 151 on the button, which is just a giant. And uh, so that was really cool to actually see that, the tape measure put to that. So there's... There's just big bucks running around all over the place, man. It's just a matter of catching up with them. Yeah. Well, where are you at also, man? You talked about you're not really stressing about the season. You're just going to let it rip and go from there. I know you and I talk here and there about just random stuff sometimes. You doing good? You ready, uh, you know, now with the beer fest under your belt? Like, are you more fired up to do what you're doing? Yeah, I'll tell you, like, I, you know, I don't know what you're alluding to, but, you know, a lot of times, I don't know, I felt like I was, I was, uh, you know, doing the podcast, it takes a ton of work, and you, uh, a lot of times you don't feel like you're maybe making any progress, or is it worth my time, what I'm doing, and uh, you and I have had a lot of those discussions, and I think anybody who's out there creating content, there's those periods in time where you're questioning, you know, why the hell am I doing this, and when, when using you're... so much of my valuable time, you know, what, what am I trying to achieve, and uh, I don't know, over the last month, um, you know, I've had several episodes. I'm very passionate about um, just about America and freedom and our rights and privileges in this country. And I've had several uh, episodes that I've done with different people talking about current event topics and things that are going on, you know, especially here in New York. Our gun legislation is just, it's getting a bit ridiculous and uh, really pressing on the two-way stuff. So I've had a couple episodes about that. Um, and that's gotten me kind of re-engaged and fired up on what we're doing. And then uh, actually had just an incredible opportunity back in the beginning of July. And we actually, um, the guys from Copeland Creative, Caleb Copeland and uh, Keegan, one of his uh, one of his content creators there, uh, they came up for a meet and greet event that we went to. And we were actually able to go with them back to the cabin they were staying at and do a podcast. And like that there like sitting down with Caleb and getting to hear his story about his career and how he's made his way and just the genuineness of that individual and you know Keegan's pretty awesome too but he's freshly new to that company but just sitting there with a guy who has literally been over the shoulder of you know of Dudley. every day he's over the shoulder of Dudley every every other day he's over the shoulder of Lee and Tiffany and Jocko Willink and Joe Rogan, like a guy that has been there and done it. Like he was so genuine, wanted to be there hanging out with us, sharing conversations and stories and jokes. And like, just seeing like the, the camaraderie and the genuineness in people is like kind of re reengage me in what I'm doing and what I'm trying to do with the podcast. And, uh, and then the cream on the crop was just this past Sunday you know, all the work that, that not just myself, but the rest of the guys and my dad and mom helped a lot because they just retired. They helped put this event together that we held, but it's a fundraiser. You know, I don't, we don't, we don't make any money off of doing hardly anything we do. It's all, it's all a net loss and it's all to try to help, you know, try to help do good in our community. And, you know, we raised $1,500 after expenses that will go directly to the Venison Donation Coalition here in New York and that will directly go to feeding the hungry which is amazing and such a gratifying feeling to know that 
not me, but the community of people that we've brought together with our podcast are actually out there doing good and helping achieve something, which is just powerful. And then the other half of that from the event was the, the local uh, deer association branch. They were there and they did a bunch of side raffles and they made a bunch of money and fundraised a bunch for things that they're working on. So, you know, it's, I don't know, that, that was just a lot of words that just came out of my mouth, but I am, I'm fired up about the things that we're doing and the things we're achieving and hopefully we're moving the needle on doing some good things in the community. And it's, it's I feel like I'm re reignited. That's if, good. Uh, if you can sense that at all. Well, that's good. Cause anytime I, I talk to people uh, about things, uh, whether it be within the quote unquote industry, I always bring you up, man. And I talk about how you guys have your niche and I think you guys do an exceptional job and you have a great thing going on up there and, and, and beyond. So I always, I always, uh, throw your, your name out there, man. I appreciate it. It's not worth a damn, but Hey, I appreciate it. <laughs> it is right. It's not worth a damn, <laughs> but no, no, man, I always just say, check no, out, it, check them it, out. It's cool to see, you know, it's, I mean, you and I and Dimitri, we connected, what was it a little over two years ago? Yeah. Probably two, two years ago. 2020 maybe yep but it's just uh it's cool to see you know there's just been there's been so many new podcasts and so many new content creators out there and it's like it's just a grind to just like figure out like your your why and your purpose of what you're doing and everybody has their own and everybody has to stay true to their own but it's it's been a lot of fun to watch you guys you know you've continued to grind and you've continued to put out content both of you guys together and you know, the connections that you've made doing what you're doing, it's just interesting to see the, the direction that it all goes in. You know, it's right. like you've definitely got what you're good at. You're very good at educating. You're very good at communicating with people. And that's... I'm... Bill, you just walked away from the freaking phone. <laughs> I love you. There you go. Yeah, n- now I hear oh. you. There you go. Sorry, you got me walking and pacing. I'm all fired up out yeah. here. I can't. <laughs> I love you. The kids are the kids are inside sleeping, and I want to talk loud so you can hear me on the I know. headset. I know. No, it's good. What are they doing? Are they taking your guns away down there, or what are they doing? Are they? They could try to. Yeah. I, nothing's been going on in PA that I know of. Dude, it's wild. They this 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 law that they just passed in New York. They're my dad and I went to a to a conservation club meeting last night, and it's uh, what they did. I mean, it's I can't even begin to explain all of it, but like they've made it illegal to have any any um, sporting event cannot cannot be held. There cannot be firearms held at a sporting event where there's alcohol being consumed. So if you take a step back and think about that, that's every single sportsman's club that's you know whether it's a it doesn't have to be a sports club it could be a trap and ski place where kids go and and have their high school shooting contests they're not allowed to have a firearm on those grounds because that facility has a liquor license and like they have made it where you literally this law if it stands like you can't carry a pistol off of your property like if you walk out off of your property with a pistol on you you essentially are breaking the law and it is wild yeah. Jeez. So gun owners are up in arms here in New York. Like we are all just spinning around in circles trying to figure out what the hell to do. I think uh, 
Jim Diagostino just joined us, and uh, so he he must his ears must have been ringing about us talking about him. Yeah, Jim 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 crossed the border and he got uh, he got triple vaxxed. They uh, injected him with a tracking device and took his uh, took his firearms. Took his firearms. But he's back in Pennsylvania now, so he's all right. Yeah. No, nah, man, that, dude, I, Bill, I, I, man, I, like I, we always say, we appreciate the friendship and when we get together, I can't, I always, we always have a good time and Tom was on earlier listening. I don't know if he's still on or not, but man, it's just so neat the way our friendships have come about and like how we would honestly, I mean, I, at least I feel this way, but like how we would do probably anything if, if anybody ever needed anything. And that's just, that's, what's, that's, that's, what's really cool about what we've built and I think if you continue to to build those relationships, then you're heading in the right directions and doing it for the right reasons. Amen, man. Amen. So is this the part where you're telling me I have to go? No. Is it Jim's turn? <laughs> no, it's not Jim's turn. He's he's probably with his uh, brother-in-law hanging out. So. Oh, he, that's right. His brother-in-law is in town. Yeah. In-laws and all that. You know, you know I, I said this to Jim. He, you know, he gets up here and... He comes over to our house. You know, he spent the night over at the over at our my in laws' farm at the campsite. He spent the night over there with the boys and came back to my house on Sunday morning. And he walks in the door. My kids have no idea who he is, right? Yeah. Walks in the door, and my my kids typically like a stranger. It's like stranger danger, like yeah, grabbing your legs, silent, freaking terrified. Jim walks in the door, and immediately they both like engage with him. And Billy Billy runs in the other room and grabs these like these foam balls we have and just starts chucking them at Jim like just immediately starts playing with him and I'm like looking at my wife I'm like what in the hell I'm like these kids don't do that yeah and at Jim I go it's like no joke it is such a such a like approver of someone's humanness and goodness when like kids are not for an instant like even questioning who you are and why are you in my house Right. Like they just immediately welcomed him and I was like, Wow, that that is pretty wild. Because he's just a good dude. Yeah. And I hope he's listening. And I hope his wife is listening because he's just a good dude. Yeah, he is. He's he's a good one. PA Jim for the win, he wrote. PA <laughs> <laughs> Jim for the win. Yo, and, and hey, uh Dimitri knows this one. I don't Bill, I don't know if you do, uh, but Jim would know. Tom just could put, Oh my god, Jar <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, I could hear my wife already upstairs yelling, "Jar!" Yeah. Yep. It's about to be right that, reasons. dude. It's about to be that time where we we start getting that that uh, you got your honey do list done. Me? Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't even know if it's ever done. No. I feel like done. so my honey do list my the summertime I've this is partially why I don't do any like deer prep is because I've just the last two years especially I've just committed to letting the summer be my wife's time and she's smart does, does a, she does a golf league um, on Wednesdays softball on Tuesdays and you know I I like encourage her to go after work and go to the gym and not come home for like an hour so she has time for herself and that's been like that's been a game changer for her like her summers are she just loves the hell out of them. So for me, I have lots of time to do stuff around the house because I'm just walking around following the kids as they destroy everything. I just 
walk around and pick it up. Like I am right now. I'm, up, I'm outside picking up shit in the backyard because your kid shit or it. like a dog shit. No, not like not literal shit. Chair. Uh, yeah, I'm talking right. like. I'm like, talking like we were doing batting practice in the backyard. There's and uh, baseballs everywhere. Sarah was getting ready for t-ball tonight because she had to, she needs to rake. You know. Yep. I need my woman out there freaking mm. dropping bombs. I love it, man. No, that's good. Well, Tom, Tom's newly married, so we'll see how year one goes in the books because he's going on an early season September Nebraska hunt. So, yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you might as well go for it right now while you don't have kids. You know, living. Yeah. He's not an idiot. Yeah, yeah, he's still all right. We all, we all saw his wife twerking. That's yeah. holy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Tom, come on, holy moly! Oh my gosh, that was awesome. Yeah, I was yeah, like, was. Tom, you got yourself a, a goodie. There you had to go. You had a boy. Oh man, that's good. Nah, man, that's good. Anything else, Dimitri? Do you have no? I kind of. So, re- I, 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 I got one thing. Yeah. You guys, you guys have gotten on the PSE train. Yep. And my first bow was a PSE. I had a bow madness. Yep. Uh, it was my first like actual bow I bought. And then I, and I went to the prime. And now my dad was in the market for a new bow. And we went to the Hunt Works up here, the store we work with quite a bit. And my dad starts shooting all these bows and don't we end up landing on the PSE, uh, what the hell is the... Embark? Embark, yes. So we end up landing, that bow is unbelievable. For the price point, for the way it, it, like, that bow just shoots like a dream. And Jim was telling me that it's that cam, or there's that cam is similar on a couple of the other bows or something. Um, But I am very much in love with the way that that thing shoots, so... I think you guys have made a good decision partnering up with them and doing that because it seems like they've got some pretty damn good stuff going. Dude, I like right now, like, don't get me wrong, like, there's really not a bad bow out there it, to your needs. Like, if you are, if you like the feel of this, you know, and that might be a bow tech, it might be a Hoyt, whatever it be. Like, if you're, uh, like a brand whore for a specific brand, like you might love the, like this year's model for everything. Like, don't get me wrong, but man, like what, what's been really neat for us has been shooting like Dimitri shooting to drive NXT, which is, you know, that middle of the pack road, but like it should not be, that should be like a high end model because of how well that sucker is. And like the same thing for what your dad has gotten. Like there's not a better bow. I don't know how many people I've talked to actually bill that have said about that one, like the embark. They're like, you're literally getting all the specs of, a of the higher end model in, in that budget range, basically. Yeah. So the, I did some research into this when I was looking at which bow I was going with. So the embark is 31 inches axle to axle. Uh, it is very similar to the Drive NXT, which is 33 inches. So, yeah. I mean, if you want that little bit shorter of axle to axle, you want to go with the Embark. And then if you want a little bit longer axle to axle, you'd want to go with the Drive NXT. Very similar price point as well. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't realize that that was the difference between the two, but it makes sense. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you what, like the other thing that I really like about, um, like for me, I like Dimitri said earlier in the podcast that like 33 inches is his bread and butter. I would say yeah. for me, 
It's like 30, 31. I mean, I could shoot a 33. Don't get me wrong. Well, you're a little guy. Yeah, I'm, I'm a midget. So, like, like, like I got the T-Rex arm syndrome going on. So, like, when you look at the, the, the XF30 for me, dude, it, this has been one of the better bows that I've shot since the Hoy Pro Defiant. And it's, it's been so accurate. It's been a pleasure to shoot. Uh, yeah, I, like, it's, I'm really happy that with this move with PSE and, you know, Jim, you know, obviously made that move even prior to Dimitri and I getting our move and kind of really pushed it. Cause I know Jim knows what he's talking about. And man, I, I couldn't be more happy with, with that decision and being able a chance to, to talk to these, some of these guys too, like in person and whatnot. Um, you know, they're, they're good people too. And like how they present themselves is what you're getting. Like I had a chance to meet some of them this past weekend in Montana and dude, you would think like it was like our group of friends. Like it was so awesome. Yeah. And I was just floored because there's, there's been a couple people that Dimitri and I have messed around with as far as like working with, or maybe in discussions with, and we met him in person. And it was definitely a, a no, <laughs> which is, I mean, that's not a fault to them. It's just our personalities just didn't gel. Um, yeah. but, but yeah, but these, man, I'm, I'm really stoked with what PSC's done and kind of like what you said, Bill, PSC was my first bow as well. So it's just, it's neat to come home. And I know it sounds kind of, uh, uh, fruity to say that, but it's it's just neat to to do that. And Jim just said it was professionally set up too. Yeah, I know I set up my bow was pretty pretty well. <laughs> um, but no man, it's that, that's good to hear. I'm excited. I hope he your dad shoots a friggin' monster bull with with the embark. Yeah, I just hope he shoots something. I hope he has a good a good experience. You know, that's mm -hmm. he's never he's never traveled to hunt. He's always he's just been a workaholic, and he's just. You know, he's been a very successful whitetail hunter, but right. he's never prioritized, you know, making these trips part of his lifestyle. So I'm really excited to see him get out and adventure a little bit and see some landscapes that he's never seen and do some things he's never done. Uh, that's an awesome thing to see your father do when, you know, you watch him sacrifice so much as we all grew up. And then we went and did things that we've done and kind of opened up the eyes of our family that they can get, go do that too, which is pretty sweet. So, yeah, well, yeah, well, listen, uh, not on air, but there is something that I do want to chat about that. I think we could collaborate on for sure with all of us, oh. like Dimitri and I and Jim next year for your, uh, partner out day outdoors day, um, beer day, because your fest or feeding them fest, whatever you want to call it, man, because, uh, I think next year, if if you keep this time frame, like that end of July weekend, uh, next year, we I, I know for me, at least, I could be free. I'm, I know, Dimitri, both of our anniversaries are a day apart, so we're that week prior. If our weekend mm -hmm. is, that is free that day, I, I have an idea that I want to you know, pitch to you that I think would be really, really cool for uh, not necessarily – it's not even has anything to do with Antler Up. It's just mainly – for us to get together and make it even a, a really cool event for, for even bigger, just to, like, how could you make oh, it better yeah. than the year prior? And I, I think, uh, I want to, you, you might've even be already have thought of it or thinking about it, but I think it would be cool if we could put more heads together to accomplish it because I think it would be awesome. Yeah. And, and we, uh, you know, just simply doing that camp out. I mean, we had a blast just doing that. You know, we had, and Jim was, Jim was laughing. He's like, cause we camped out over at the farm, uh, the night before. And Jim's like, do you guys do this? Like every weekend, like everybody's showing up, like all of our core group of friends and the kids are all there. And 
hang out. She's like, you guys do this every weekend. I'm like, nope, special occasion just for you, Jim. Yeah. And uh, and it's like that's the sort of stuff. Like, if people are going to come in from out of town to do this, like we have a place for people to pitch a tent and spend the night and have a good time. So, well, I'm pretty good um, at pitching tents, so we'll we'll see. Aren't we all? And I just wish I had a lumberjack that would cut my tree down every once in a while, but that doesn't happen. Oh, man. Bill, I love it when you come on, man. I just, one, I just always love when we talk. Um, more, more you stuff. Know what I love about you is that I try to drag you guys into the mud, into my world of talking about some, you know, some real sticky stuff, and you just do not want to go there. It makes me laugh. <laughs> Who, who's, whose fucking podcast is this? <laughs> It is true. This is your show, right? Yeah. No. Okay. No. Fair enough. Wait. Yeah, on my show, we'll get a little like risque, and we'll say some things that might get me fired from my job, but that's all right. No. Well, hey, man. I uh, I don't know. Did I? I did tell you that I did resign from coaching baseball after seven, eight yeah. years, uh, ten years coaching in general. So, gonna be doing more things with the family and focusing on that side of things a lot more. So. Uh, and you know, I, you know, I, it's, it's weird. Cause my daughter will be nine and she does not know me as, as a non-coach. So it's, wow. yeah, you know what I mean? So it's kind of it's surreal. And I, man, I, I really, the cool thing about it though is, uh, just cause I know some boys listen is man, I really truly loved coaching this past group and I would have loved coaching this upcoming group. Uh, they're great kids, but I'm just very happy that I'll at least get a chance to teach them in the classroom. Like, it's not like goodbye yeah. forever. So I'll just support them in a whole other way. And, you know, hopefully they go win a state title, even with me not being their coach. Like, it's just, you know, go go do some awesome shit and, you know, have at it. Yeah, so. yeah it's, it's, really, it's really hard to let go of things. But yeah. it feels so good when you do because when you can just focus and be – be present at home and be part of all those things. I mean, it's something that I can sit here and say this, but it's a challenge every day to try to be present with the kids and with your wife. And I f it's like when you are like, everything is just flowing. Everything's clicking. Everybody's happy. And you know exactly when things are not because you're, you're either distracted or your face is in the phone or you're, you know, I'm thinking about what I got going on. So it is, it's, yep. a, I'm happy for you because it's a, it'll be a good thing for the home life and for your daughter to spend that time with you. You know, it takes, it's not just during the spring when you're coaching baseball. I mean, right. it's a 12 month out of oh, the year. 100%. Yep. I'm excited too. Like obviously number one, like with the family, but I'm excited. I, the first thing I said to you was like, man, we could go out turkey hunt more, go out scouting a lot more just to like Dimitri and I get to hang out a lot more now, <laughs> which will be nice. So you know, it, 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 it's it's for the better for, like I said, family life, no, 100%. And I'm just glad I was able to go out on my own terms and not say, hey, you suck as a coach, you're fired type of ordeal, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So, but, no, nah, man, let's uh, let's definitely chat here soon, Bill. And, uh, like I said, I, I want to pitch that idea to you so we could start planning now, man. Roger. All right, dude. I appreciate Did you. you. I heard you got to shake. Oh, hold on. I no. heard you got to shake Jocko's hand. I just said Roger and made me think about Jocko. Yes. Yes, I did. I got a chance to shake Jocko's hand, um, which is really neat. And, and it's actually, I'm kind of glad you said that because last year, my baseball team, we read his uh, extreme leadership book together uh, before the season. And I was, I actually told him that I was like, man, uh, I think our whole uh, really cool relationship that our team built as far as like the way they bonded and everything was a big essential part was because of reading that book and getting shit aired out and coming together and it was because of him and shaking his hand i'll tell you what though he definitely uh 
he looks the way I guess you could say like you see online, but also different. I don't know. It's not good or bad, but it, you you kind of look at it and you're like, like I don't know. Like I guess I was picturing something bigger in a set like, <laughs> like like i was just like like you said like i got t-rex arms like i'm not the biggest guy and i just like was expecting someone to be like towering over me and i like yeah. it, w- it wasn't that which is i mean he was super awesome so nice he was like dude that is awesome great to meet you you know i just kind of let him keep kept going on his way jim just put the uh eggplant emoji on, on the chat um <laughs> But yeah, he he was super nice. He was with his wife, so I didn't keep keep him long chat. And I just told him that quick story and said it was a great pleasure to meet him and thanked him for his service and all that jazz and what he continues to do. And he was like, "Sweet man, get after it," you know. Dude, yeah, yeah, dude, you're that dude. Yeah, <laughs> dude, <laughs> it's so, so cool to meet somebody like that, and you know, it's also cool to see that they're just normal people. And yeah, yeah he might seem on you know, online and everything he does, like he's just this like Hulk of a human, but at the end of the day, he's just a normal guy, but he does abnormal things, right. which is just equally as amazing. And it just makes you realize that anybody can do that if you commit yourself to it, you know? 100%, man. He was cool. I didn't, I didn't get a chance to see Dudley. I'm trying to think of anybody else that was, uh, the Montana Knife Company guys. Were, avoiding you? Do you think Dudley might have been avoiding you? Uh, he'll tell me to wait. Wait, um, um, no, I actually didn't. He he actually they didn't have a booth, uh, uh, this this past week. This was like I guess like friends week. They just go up there and do that. But the Montana Knife yeah. Company guys were right across from the tethered booth, and obviously we were in Montana. They were slammed the entire weekend, just selling knives, sharpening knives. They were awesome people, like really cool, down to earth. Like came over, talked to us, and all that type of jazz. Um. I'm trying to think of anybody else. I for first time being in Montana, man. I'll tell you what. Like, if I ever go missing, just know I'm not dead. I'm somewhere lost in Montana, like away from everybody. Yeah, it's pretty cool, huh? Oh man, it's freaking gorgeous. Just gorgeous. Yeah, you freaking put the belly crawl on a couple muleys. Ooh, dude, that was freaking awesome. Like really, really awesome. I couldn't believe it. My buddy Spoonie, who wor- was working with us, he was fly fishing, and I was just like hanging out, and because he brought his fly rod, I was an idiot and did not. And so he's fl- fishing, and I'm just standing there, and all of a sudden I look behind me, and there's like two bucks just walking down through, and one bedded, and the other one was just like hanging out, and kind of was like the younger one was spooked, but the bigger one that bedded, he was just chilling, and. Next thing you know it, I was like, I'm going to see how close I could get. And I literally got like five yards. And then they both like made a loop around, got back down. And like the wind was like in my face and Spoonie was still fly fishing. And I got even closer than I was before. And I literally could hear him like munching on the, the brows and like breathing. I was literally from like, oh, shit. I like three, three to four yards away, Bill. It was insane. And I was just like, why couldn't this be in Utah like two years ago? <laughs> you know, it was awesome. The way it goes. Like that even made the trip just doing that, like date night one. It was awesome. That's yeah, so, awesome, man. But all right, Bill. Well, let's uh, reconvene here soon and uh, we'll talk, man. Yes, sir. I do. Thanks for letting me uh, blow up your podcast for Dude, the evening. I love it. Anytime, you're always welcome. SSR. <laughs> Later. <Checking> out. <laughs> Later, dude. See ya. 
Oh, man. Bill's a great guy. Definitely check out what he and his guys are doing up at Hip in New York with Pertinier Outdoors. But, man, I really enjoyed this podcast. I really did. I hope you did listening. Uh, I, I, like, wrote down on a message pad, like, to Dimitri, like, we need to do this more often. Uh, hopefully, if you like this, man, please download the Bullhorn app. It It's free. All you have to do is you'll you'll be able to call in, do the chat, ask questions when we have certain guests on. I know sometimes we don't always go live. It just depends on the situation, I guess. Uh, but anytime we do go live, I will for sure put it out on Instagram. That's obviously our main hub. Whatever gets posted on Instagram also gets posted on Facebook. So if you still have a Facebook page, please go on there and also like, like us on that. Uh, I think as of right now, we have like one of our all black hats left. We have three of our red, white, and blue hats left. Um, so yeah, uh, uh, one dad hat that's not on the website, but if you're interested, just shoot me a message. But man, I really appreciate everybody tuning in and writing messages and our friends and, uh, uh, man, the season's coming up, it's coming approaching and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. There's more things that Dimitri, Jim and I, Mike and I have coming down the pipeline this upcoming season and a lot more that we'll talk about. So thanks for listening. Everybody. Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you next week. Do you have anything before I get off? I would just say, you know, um, enjoy the season. Yeah. These, these seasons come fast and it's crazy that it's already August and, you know, Utah starts this month and then you're going to have some Western start states start next month. And, you know, then October is right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, you know, and the thing I'm learning every year that I get older is, is to enjoy these seasons because they fly by. Yeah. And you think it's such a long turnaround to the next season comes and it's not. And, no. it, and it's crazy how fast uh, time flies. And, you know, so just enjoy it. I mean, just enjoy every season and, and don't put a lot of pressure on yourself and uh, just go out there and have fun because that's what I'm going to do this year. Yeah. And it, well, like when you just said that too about, hold on, Bill wants to come back on. What's up, Bill? Huh? I didn't do anything. Oh, all right. Let's see. Sitting over here, I'm just sitting over here adding your names to our PA hunt. All right, uh, good. So right, we'll talk to you later. All right, later. Um, uh, when you were saying that about like enjoy the season, I was like, it's starting this month. Like we were leaving two years ago, like a, two weeks from now, maybe a week and a half. Yeah, the season. I was talking to Preston about it. The season started the 15th. I think it's a week later this year. Um, but yeah, it would have been less than two weeks. Florida opened up the 30th of July people were already knocking down bucks Jeez. so if you're in Florida and I, I I know Amos hopefully Amos you still listen man because uh want to be uh uh Hunter podcast and everything he's a good dude um if you're listening hopefully you're you're getting after it man but uh yeah it's uh it's right around the corner it's happening within the next two weeks for people so enjoy it like Dimitri said no don't put pressure on have fun with it and we'll have uh i know like dimitri and i we were talking like we just and bill was even saying he kind of just goes off of intel of previous season uh our following week episode guest we're gonna have rendell eric on from iowa uh we're gonna talk to him a little bit about how maybe like i want to throw this scenario at him like he's hunting a uh in iowa so he's awesome you know obviously deer out there world class monsters and he gets the job done every single year 
so let's say year last year he sees a nice friggin slob come through he doesn't kill it but then this summer he gets pictures of him he goes out scouting postseason last year and he figures things out a little bit where he might be so we're going to talk to him about hunting a specific buck because you know we don't I, when I say we, I, I'm talking Dimitri and I don't get a lot of chances to do that very often or at all. So we want to talk to someone that has that opportunity on a world-class buck. So Rendell's going to go through that with us and see where it goes. So thanks again, everybody, for tuning in. Really appreciate the sport. See you next week. Antler up.